This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Podcast, the original, the old Coke, the questions podcast, the one that you knew and loved for years and years before we went all fancy on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I would like to make an announcement right here. Last week, in the three months of football, we went over 200,000 downloads as part of the Megaphone.fm network for 24-7 Sports. So, it's building. It's kind of nice. But every time K-State loses a game, it's like, we're not listening for a while. And then you all come back, and you're all listening now. It's kind of nice that they ended on a winning note because maybe people just keep listening. I don't know. I don't know how this works. I just talk into a microphone, and you guys listen. Tim Fitzgerald, Riley Gates, Zach Carlson, the WTC Gig Powered Studios, with another edition of our podcast as we back off the podcast a little bit. Won't be daily here through December, certainly, and we're still considering what we're going to do in basketball. And to be real honest, if the basketball team's not going to be very good, we're not going to be doing post-game podcasts because you won't listen. Man, it's the truth. We could do it. It'd be pretty depressing. Yeah, they lost again. Yeah, not be fun. Yeah, it wouldn't be fun at all. But we'll still have overtime on Friday. We'll still have questions on Wednesday. If I heard you guys correctly, we'll We'll still still do a version of the Insiders. It might be hit and miss with who's on it. And but we'll we'll still do a version of the insiders, and you know, with basketball schedules and travel, and Ryan and Kellis go to a lot of games. Riley and Zach will go to a lot of games. Oh, Matt goes to a lot of games too if if he has to do radio. So it it could get interesting. It might be me and three people on phones, but we will do it. Zach. Do you get Griever and Mitch in here? I would. Yeah, I thought we weren't calling Mitch by name. Oh yeah. Well, no, that's only on the Insiders podcast. We can, we call oh. Mitch by his name. Oh, that's but on the first. Insiders podcast, he's just the other guy. Ah, okay. And okay. and I'll refer to him as that. Understood. That's his first reference on any podcast. I think. Then, well, congrats. No, you don't other listen guy. to the Insiders podcast. Apparently, Zach. Well, well, we didn't call him by name though. Or did Griever call him by name? Griever did use his name one time. Oh man, that violates all the rules. Well, are you shocked that Tyler Griever broke the rules? No, maybe we'll have Chris Lilly on from Wichita sometime. Why not? Are you really an insider if you're in Wichita? You no, know we're going to. Feels like you're an outsider. We're going to have to bring on Chase Shannon if uh, the Cats go to the Alamo Bowl. Oh, my goodness gracious. That'd be great. Yeah, you kind of left him out of your tag there when uh, you were like, man, if K State goes to the Alamo Bowl and plays USC, I get to I see my friends. I was just thinking of USC people. And, and Chase said, 
Oh. <laughs> That's what that was about. I, I was just thinking of my USC peeps, the Abrahams, the, who run the USC site. They're, they're freaking awesome. They're awesome. And we'll, we'll get into all the bull stuff here in a little bit, and it's very confusing. Basically, I'm just going to tell you, when you walk up to me on the street or mostly my house because I'm not on the street very often, if you would happen to be in my living room and ask me the question that we are getting going to be asked here in the podcast, I'll give you the same answer. Which means I'll say a bunch of words that mean I have no idea. That's my favorite is, uh, you know, there there's some things that we know from sources or whatever, right. you know, injury news, things like that. <laughs> Literally, there is not <laughs> there is not a soul on the planet right now that knows exactly where Kansas no. State is. Go- Gene Taylor doesn't know. Chris Kleiman doesn't know. Because the Bulls don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know where they're going, man. But we will try to break it down, give you all the scenarios, and make ourselves sound fantastic, fantastic, I can't speak, and fancy all at the same time. And basically, I mean, we, we don't know. Tune in Sunday, and we'll know. <laughs> to quote Bill Snyder, ask me after the game. Exactly. Thanks, Bill. Well, we were sponsored by the fridge, and I'm staring at a fridge little mug thing little oh. one of those little what are that's called tumbler tumblers it is very nice we have them all over our office and nobody actually uses them they're like decoration like the wtc mugs that nick lecky used oh my god i hope nick's okay <laughs> it's a little dusty it's a little dusty he just poured his water into it in the middle of a power channel i'm like ah. Sir. Oh, Nick, we Sir. don't really do that. We don't really do that here. <laughs> Sir, that's a prop. <laughs> why, why are you drinking water out of a coffee cup? He wanted, he wanted to get the brand out there. I guess. It was kind of nice. It's kind of nice. The second season of, or season 1.2 of the Power Chat is down and gone. If you're a new subscriber to GoPowerCat.com, make sure you check out the Power Chats. They're for subscribers only. And if you're not a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com, you missed Cyber Monday. You whiffed on Cyber Tuesday, which was an extension of Cyber Monday. And it is now almost Cyber Wednesday or whatever day in the next three or four days. And we believe, we haven't been told officially, that they'll be doing 50% off. Go to GoPowerCat.com. Go check out. Click the join link and see what the best prices are. And I'm I'm thinking it's going to be 50% off. If I know them. 50% off a subscription is an amazing price still. Not as good as a 75% off. But don't sit there and say, I missed 75% off, so I'm not going to get 50% off. Well, how does that make sense? You're still not a member, and you're missing out on the best coverage you could ever, 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 how many ever, ever find of K-State Sports. Yeah. Join. Just join. I know you want to. I know. I know. Luke, join GoPowerCat.com. That was the worst Darth Vader I've ever heard. You're allowed to ask us questions on the podcast. Exactly. That's worth the money alone. You get to hop into Wabash Station and ask our questions from Wabash Station. We're sponsored by The Fridge. We're sponsored in this segment by Tanner's. Man, old live. We are happy about our sponsors. I need to get to Tanner's, and here are your questions. Well, not yours if you're not a member from Wabash Station. 
From T. Newman 41, how masterful, intentional or not, was it for Coach Kleiman to hold Jacardia right for the last game of the season? With his size and fresh legs, he punished a defense that was weathered by a full Big 12 season. It's very convenient for Chris Kleiman that Jacardia Wright was battling an injury. <laughs> yeah, we never knew about that. They kept that one bottled up. He could have played against Tech, it just didn't work out. So basically, his recovery fit right in with his ability to play four games. Because he played the Bowling Green game early in the season, and so he had three left. He could have played Tech, they didn't get him in the game. And then he did play against Iowa State, so he'll be able to play um, in the bowl game. And if someone invites K-State to play another game, like, let's say, for example, uh, the second team into the national championship game is unable to fulfill their duties because maybe they got caught with marijuana, the whole team, and they need a substitute team. Maybe they ask K-State to play. Then Jacardi Wright can play for a national championship. <laughs> what scenario? So many things wrong. With How, you've thought of that before. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's <laughs> not a new thought. I mean, it's kind of like Miss America. What if, just saying, what if Clemson wins their playoff game and then we find out that Clemson uh they're all they all stole candy they would take Alabama and then they say well who can we invite to replace Clemson Kansas State Chris Kleiman wins national championships <laughs> no it was good to see Ducardier I Man, thought he was impressive good. I think you have a very interesting tandem on your hands now you know you saw what Ducardier brought to the field you know what Joe Irvin can do. We think we know what Thomas Grayson is about, but we didn't see him this year, which I still can't believe. I figured we'd get at least two two snaps out of him. I'm wondering if they're not moving the other two guys to different spots. But where would you put Grayson? I don't know. Safety? I, corner? You stuck stuck Walter Neal at corner. <laughs> like, maybe, he's, he's, maybe he's their ideal size for a nickel. Maybe. I don't know. But I think, uh, I think running back's in good hands for a while. From Wildcat Pilot 88, what allowed the offensive line to find success they have been lacking the past several weeks? I mean, it sounds – I hate to not give a detailed explanation to be blunt and just basic. They weren't just whiffing on their blocks the whole game. I never – I shouldn't say never. I didn't see them as frequently – chasing their defenders and then watching their ball carriers get tackled. They were actually connecting on blocks. They were actually driving. They are actually opening up holes. It was amazing. They weren't running backwards towards Skylar Thompson and, and chasing their defender while he sacked him. I don't well, know what got into him. It looked like they approached this differently than they have the other games. K-State wants to run between the tackles. We know that. That's how the offense is designed, and so does the defense. And it and it would appear to me that teams have been stacking the inside, the gaps in there, pretty uh, aggressively. So if you notice, a lot of the runs that made it to the outside, they started in and then went out. It wasn't a toss sweep. It wasn't, you know, as obvious a lot of times. They wanted to get to the edge, and they got to the edge, and I think that started to loosen up the defense as a whole, and then they were able to run through the between the tackles. But we saw exactly what we've talked about all year. They struggled to run the ball for two and a half quarters, and then they started to wear them down and wear them down and wear them down, and they kept coming at them with new running backs and different running backs. They ran a lot of personnel in and out. I saw more personnel shuffling in and out in that fourth quarter than I've seen since maybe weeks one and two. 
and they just wore that Iowa State defense into the ground. It was like 17 straight runs to finish finish off the game. That, I mean, Courtney Messingham probably slept with a smile on his face. That's what they want to do to teams. Iowa State, K-State had a 10-point lead, and in all reality, Iowa State was incapable of winning that game. One, the defense was throttling the Iowa State offense. It had no confidence. They couldn't really move the ball. The wind did help K-State's cause. And even if Iowa State had scored, K-State could get the ball back and operate at will because the defense was done for Iowa State. That's exactly the brand of football they want to play. It might be close for three quarters. It might be competitive. You might be behind in the third quarter. But... They want to wear you down, wear you down, and be the tougher team. At the end of the day, that's the short answer. The offensive line for Kansas State played a more physical game than the defensive line for Iowa State. They haven't been doing that. They haven't been the tougher team for a while. And they kicked their butts at the point of attack, and Matt Campbell said so after the game. From Itain Bibi, where do you think our running game or running back injury situation was this year? Um, about expected or worse than expected? Uh, I mean, you're always going to get wear and tear. You're always going to have guys that miss some time. I was shocked by how long it took James Gilbert slash is taking James Gilbert to get back to fully healthy. Because this doesn't seem like it was just a wear and tear injury if he's missed so much time. Yeah, and he doesn't seem the same. No, 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 not at all. Um and it's not like he did any, you know, the weird part about it is it doesn't seem like it's just fatigue wearing on him and kind of getting after him, but there was no one big play that stands out and you're like, oh, no, he might have hurt himself yeah, there. Yeah, I know. It's weird. Maybe he didn't practice. And then on the flip side, I mean, I understood Jordan Brown missing some time. What I didn't, like, what shocked me was we knew he was pretty dinged up, and then he comes into this one, you're like, oh, wow, he hasn't played all year. That's what it looked like. It looked like he was on game one, and he was fresh and ready to go. It was incredible. He was very good. Think about this. Wrap your mind around this. Kansas State entered the season without any scholarship or entered the offseason without a scholarship running back. They had Trotter as a walk-on. Morgan Burns had been a walk-on and left the program. Um or he was scholarship, excuse me, and left the program. And then he walked back on with the new hiring. They had six legitimate running backs by the end of the year. Now, just try to figure that one out. They had the two grad transfers in Gilbert and Brown. They had two true freshmen in Irvin and um, Wright. And then Trotter and Burns really stepped up and played pretty good football. That's incredible. That's the kind of roster development that, made the difference this season. They went out and found guys and developed guys and it, it really paid off for the team. From multiple scoregasms, Newman. Whoa! That's a great name! Should Irvin sit out the bowl game to maintain his freshman status? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Like not even not even a question. I'm going to be pissed if he's out there. No, he won't. He won't be there. And I think Kleiman basically said that. I mean, at this point, he's at four. They'll be healthy for the game. Why play him? I mean, they should have their whole entourage of guys. And like we said, Jacardia Wright can play. So why do it? From Powercat Ryan, any chance we see a series in the bowl game without any of the offensive line starters to evaluate what we have next season? Well, you got to get ahead. But also at the same time. You want to let the seniors play their yeah. game? 
Yeah. I mean, you want to win the bowl game. Look, if they're playing USC and Notre Dame and they're up 35 to nothing, yeah, maybe. But I don't see that happening. I mean, if they're in a game that's really competitive, I don't, I'm not sure how they're going to find playing time for backups. They just can't do that. So I don't know. It'd be great. Really, it's going to be an, that's going to be such a huge storyline in this offseason. Who is on that offensive line? Who, I think some guys might move into there. They've got recruits. I think we're going to see some really young guys play. It's going to be interesting. From KNED, how can K-State possibly have a chance to be good on special teams and tie return records, et cetera, without a special teams coordinator? And he does a <laughs> winking, smiley face. I, like I've said, folks, until Snyder 2.0, he never had a special teams coach. And he didn't even at the start of Snyder 2.0. When Ricky Ronnie left to go with James Franklin to Vanderbilt and eventually to Penn State, where he is now the offensive coordinator, that's when Sean Snyder became a full-time coach as the special teams coach. But this go, I mean, this this confirms, backs up, whatever you want to say, that for the last three years, four years, whatever, we weren't dogging on Sean Snyder. We weren't looking to take credit away from him. He was not the reason their kick returns were scoring touchdowns left and right. It was a known fact. And and it got twisted to a point where well people, Bill did it yeah Bill gave him complete credit at the Liberty Bowl for all the returns and I'm like man that's that's cold blooded to your coaches who are coaching the returns I mean Sean does oversee it he was the special teams coordinator I get that but Sean's expertise and God he's brilliant at it is punting and place kicking and snapping and he is outstanding the punters will tell you. How incredible he is. I mean, Devin Engtel wore his number, the number nine on Saturday, to honor Sean because the dude is brilliant at coaching punters. But when it comes to blocking and running and returning, that's not his area. Other people handled it. And they took – this was fascinating to me. When Kleiman said they took the principles, the concepts that K-State's been doing on returns that have been so, you know, important – successful, and then combine them what they've done in the past, and out comes this. Brian Anderson coached that kickoff return team. That was his baby, the running backs coach. And that's typically who re- who handles those type of things. You know, someone might have been, Connor Riley might have coached the blocking schemes. I don't know. But that's how they do it. They kind of divvy it up based on your expertise. So, And a lot of the punting stuff can just be off-field. You know, they say you can't coach, but you can't be on the field. Just, yeah, Devin, you're not doing this or whatever. Um, so I, it worked out great. And if you recall early in the season when they were muffin punts, I was gravely concerned about special teams, attention to detail. And people go, well, Snyder was good at it. doesn't mean this guy has to be good at it. No, you have to be good at coaching football. <laughs> I mean, you don't get to say, well, you're not going to be good in this just because that's a tradition. I mean, yeah, no, being good in special teams is a really important ingredient to being successful at Kansas State. It is, and it was proven to be again this season. From McPowerCat, another new member, welcome. Hey! Have you heard anything about A.J. Parker, Malik Knowles, coming, or, or Malik Knowles coming back for the bowl game? I would imagine Malik will be back. I Malik mean, should it, be back. He's, it's not like he's in street clothes or anything like that. I mean, he's he's suiting up, so... Or in in full pads. I mean, if he needed if he needed to go against Iowa State, 
I'm guessing he could have been on the field. Right. It just didn't seem like they absolutely needed him. AJ, I just don't. I haven't. It's his recovery from his surgery, and I doubt he plays. Yeah, I mean, he had surgery the day after or two days after the injury happened. Even if even if the recovery is off to a great start slash process, I just I don't think you can recover from surgery quick enough to get back out there and be worth it. I mean, just let the dude recover. You know, Look, it's not I, like they've suffered. Right. If they had a real need at corner, maybe he plays. But by God, the guys that have been backing him up, they've been money. They it's been incredible. I'm telling you, Van Malone's my assistant coach of the year because what he's done at corner has been remarkable. I, yeah, I have. I don't think you can. I don't think you can disagree with that. And that's not a slight to anyone else on this team. It's just that what they've done at, at that position with the injuries. They just played Iowa State, a team that loves to throw it around, and they did it with the guys at at the opener camp, early in camp, were third and five on the depth chart at corner. Also, I don't know if this was a serious post or not. Someone made a comment about Eric Gallon's recovery and being back. No. He's not going to be back. No, Alan, he's, uh, Eric, even if he was had an opportunity, he's never playing football again. No. He's going to – I just hope he has a normal life. Folks, his, his, everything in his knee was destroyed. Everything. Broken cap, torn this and that. It was bad. So, I, again, maybe it was a – Half joking post, but yeah, I mean, if you if you slow down the right camera angle, you can see his lower leg kind of doing a helicopter. Yeah, I don't usually get queasy about that one, but I don't really need to see that injury. Yeah, it was kind of gross. From ContraCat, rank your top three seniors that leave the biggest contribution behind. This is kind of tough, I think. So, okay, top three seniors that. The three seniors you'll miss the most next year. Okay, we had this on the post game podcast, so I have, oh, well, I have my fair. answers. Deshaun, yeah, Trey Deshaun has to be number one, I think. Um, I'll go as I quickly run through the entire team. Devin Ankle, that's an interesting. That wasn't one that I'd pick, but I think I'm going to add them in. I'll put Devin at three. I'll put. Can I have a 2A and 2B? That's kind of what I want to do. That's interesting. Because I, I I want to say James Gilbert because he brought a lot of needed experience to the backfield. You could not have put Jacardier right in at game one and been what he was here. It's nice to have experience running backs. And then also a guy like Adam Holtorf is really yes. the only person that I didn't look at on the line and say, wow, you are not doing a good job right now. Like I, I don't think – I think Adam had the best season on the offensive line. By that's, far, that's I guess I was thinking more of an over a career standpoint and how significant they were, but I don't know. I, well, I mean, I mean I, I, I mean, I would say Adam Holtorf has been solid at center. My choice my argument. was Deshaun. My second choice was Mitty because you're losing yeah. both your starting interior defensive tackles, and you really are unknown behind them. And Jordan Mitty made tri- Jordan Mitty benefited from Trey Deshaun's getting double teamed in the same way that Trey Deshaun benefited from Jordan Mitty. Jordan had to get double teamed a lot this season. This yeah, season. He was really good. And Brian Hanley's choice was Scott France. Just because a left tackle that starts four years is impressive and it's hard to replace a left tackle. 
Yeah. And he wasn't as he admitted he wasn't as good this year as he has been, but you know, he said it was just kind of a function of not being the right kind of athlete for the new system, but he's still pretty good. I think that's why it's clouding for me. Yeah. He was so good and then this year he just didn't have it. Just didn't fit the system and probably doesn't fit an NFL system. He just isn't athletic and strong enough. He was just very, very sound fundamentally and was able to survive at the college level. Dalton Schoen's going to be under. He's not a top three, but they're going to miss him. That dude, I've never seen somebody make so many crucial third down catches in a season. Dalton Schoen, the running backs, um, Goolsby, all these guys, I feel like there's people ready to step in. So I wouldn't put them in the list. I'm thinking there's people ready to, to step in. I'm just thinking hard to replace. And if there's someone that yeah. you think is going to replace them, then they're not hard to replace. From Contra Cat, excuse me, from Danny Fab One. While absolutely elated by the eight win season, are you remotely frustrated knowing this could have easily been nine or ten wins? It's funny. I had that conversation with myself. I, in all honesty, it's like. Man, West Virginia, this should have beat Texas. I'm like, what am I complaining about here? I mean, I would have, there's no way eight wins was tangible at the start of the season, and they got it, at least in my mind. I'm telling you, folks, if you were counting on eight wins before the start of the season, you were into the, the silly sauce. I mean, that's just, it's incredible what he did. Yeah, so I kind of talked myself out of it to get out of that greedy mode where, boy, you missed opportunities. The other team's trying to win, too. When I was a sophomore in high school, I was in third place at the state golf tournament with four holes to play. And I was feeling really good about myself. Yeah, you'd have been better off not knowing that. And I parred the, I parred the first of the last four, and I went to a 90-yard par three. I put... 90-yard? He played sand greens, guys. He played sand greens. Okay, I thought you didn't play real golf. I hit two pitching wedges long into the river. I hit one pitching wedge short into the first river. I ended up taking a seven, I think, on that hole. Then I bogeyed the next hole. Then I doubled the next one or something like that. Maybe the scores are exa- not exactly right. So I went from third to a tie for eighth place. So it was the Sand Greens equivalent of the 1998 Big 12 championship in which you found out you were going to go play for a national title. In so I walked away. I walked away with the nice play, ninth place medal after, ironically, I lost in a tiebreaker to Matt Snyder, the grandson of Bill Snyder. So that was oh. kind of funny connection there. Um, and I told my dad after the round that I was really upset about you know falling from third and getting the ninth place medal. But what I didn't remember is that somehow I eagled a hole in the front and I chipped in for a birdie on another one. You forget about the ones that you don't usually get. K-State would not beat Oklahoma again if they played them probably not. again. K-State, prob- if they go to Mississippi State again in week three, they might not win that one. I, I think they probably do, but I don't know. Well, you do stop and wonder. Mississippi State ended up 6-6 six and six, thanks to seven the Seven and being- five. Mm, no. They needed the being dog win to really? get over the hump, I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. Look it I up there. They were seven and five. I thought it was seven to five. Are we wrong? Of course, it's not pulling up on the first Google. But search. You, you do have stop and wonder. If Mississippi State beats Kansas State, do they have other issues later on, or did that really take the Derail wind out of their sails? Yeah, you're right. Six and six. Six my and bad. six. They that missed extra point because the, the guy peed on the fire hydrant as a dog. 
got them to a bowl game. So what I'm trying to say is that you can sit here and point out the West Virginia loss, how much that sucked, and how you came close to beating Texas. But you need to remember the ones that you got that you weren't supposed to get. And it balances out. I, Yes, I think they could have been 10-2 and two very easily, but I don't think you can sit here and be mad about it because 8-4 and four is a hell of a year. Last question of the first half from KSU number one. If you personally were the athletic director, what financial commitments would you be willing to extend to the football program based on how, how well it did this first year stat, how well they did Look, their first year? I, I can't answer that. I don't know the financial situation of the athletic department. I don't know what resources they have to commit to that and take away from other places. I also I don't, don't know what they're making. Like, I don't. I don't know Scotty Hazleton's contract right now. Yeah. Full disclosure. I would do whatever I had to do to keep the staff together, but the quest the the part of the we don't know is what can I do? What can Gene Taylor fiscally do within the boundaries of the K State budget and what else he's allocating? They're doing a lot of building, you know, not all of that comes from donations, but all that building that you need to invest in your infrastructure. Look what happens to even great football programs like Florida State that don't invest in their infrastructure. you got to keep moving forward. So it's just kind of a balancing act. I'll be interested to see what if there's any new contracts after the first year. The yin and the yang here is the fact that as an AD, I'd kind of be a hard ass. I hired you to do a job. You did the job well. Let's get a couple more years under your belt where you can convince me that you're doing better over the long run, not just the short run. Next year's going to have some challenges, an all-new offensive line, missing ingredients here and there. Every year in college football has its tests, and we'll just see if they back it up. I just, I'm just, i not the kind of AD, if I was an AD, to say, hey, good first year, unless you really did something remarkable, unless you went out and got into the college football playoffs or even maybe even the New Year's Six. If they had gone ten and two, if they had sure. done that, then maybe we're gonna sit there and say, okay, we're gonna invest a lot in you guys. You're obviously the real deal, but I'm still hesitant. Did you catch lightning in the bottle? And then I'm gonna pay you for the next umpteen years, even if you go one and eleven the next two years. There's there's two coaches on the staff right now that if they had a job offer from another place and went to Gene Taylor and said, what can you do to keep me? I would do anything to keep them. First being Chris Kleiman, second being Scotty Hazleton. I agree. Any other coach comes and says, I've got an offer from X and they're going to pay me this. If it's not within what you're willing to pay on your gut instinct, let them walk. I kind of feel bad for Courtney Messingham because nobody's going out to hire an old school offensive coordinator. And yet, his system works. If you have the right players, it works. Lowball him. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't have the market value that the other guys have. They don't. He won't have that leverage, I wouldn't think. Maybe someone at a lesser place wants to hire Mesa's head coach. But do you really leave? I think you just stay at Chris Kleiman's side, and he'll make sure you get taken care of as best you can. Because... He's a defensive guy, so he needs Mass to just take the offense, much like Coach Snyder needed a defensive coordinator just to handle the defense. Well, I don't know, but you're right. If Hazleton, Hazleton's the guy, Climate's not going anywhere. Right. I mean, Hazleton's the guy who might get offers. You know, he's what he did with K State's talent and injuries, probably he's getting some attention. Luckily, 
Luckily, K-State was a great defense, but they didn't blow the doors off of anybody. Right. They didn't lead the nation in interceptions or, you know, least Yardage. points allowed. They were a very good defense. They were not stellar, outstanding, oh, man, we need to go hire K-State's defensive coordinator good. And I think there's a few jobs that you couldn't blame him for jumping to, but I don't see them hiring him. Right. Like Texas, they, you know, would Texas go? Well, I wouldn't do it if I was Scotty, even if they offered me a ton of money because your head coach might be gone game four next year, game five. So I, Then he's the head coach. No doubt. Interim effect, and then he gets promoted, and no then doubt. he's living the buyout life in four years. I'm We're back. You, <laughs> I'm telling you, if I'm Colorado State, I'm thinking about him as head coach. I just think he – I don't know if he's head coach material. That's the evaluation. Scotty Hazelton doesn't strike me as a head coach. Just because he looks like he hunts elk doesn't right. mean he can be the head man, coach of Colorado State. <laughs> if he goes out and hires an offensive guy, yeah, man. You know, and in all honesty, that's that's really the concern is that someone like Scotty Hazelton does become a head coach. And hey, Colin Klein, come back to Colorado, be my offensive coordinator. And hey, why don't you come be my defensive coordinator? And and that's when you get your Bob Stoops. Yeah. You're gonna take this step. Yeah, hire who you know and who you're comfortable with and you offer them opportunities to to step up their career. And we'll just that's when you can get really get ravaged. And then Matt Ince comes from North Dakota State. <laughs> Getting the band back together. Yeah, who knows? That's it? Yeah. I didn't know I, that. I told you those. He said last question. I didn't hear it. You just went on and on and on. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's it for the first half of the PowerCat Podcast, the Questions Podcast. I'm talking real fast on purpose right now because I went too long then. We are sponsored by The Fridge. That was by Tanner's. And, boy, we'll be right back. Stay locked in. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions podcast. I've turned on the fan. You might hear the humming. It was getting warm in here. Still not as warm as the Insiders was two weeks ago. I blame Ryan Black. You're calling him hot? I'm calling him southern and sweaty. And he was warming up the entire room. Tim Fitzgerald relegates Zach Carlson your podcast trifecta of knowledge. And we are here in the WTC Gig Powered Studios to do this thing we call the PowerCat Podcast. We've been doing it for a long time. We've been doing podcasts since before podcasts were cool. Now everyone's got fancy networks they're on. We are on the megaphone.fm 
24-7 Sports Podcast Network. And we love it. We get great analytics. We know who's listening. Shout out to Scott in Estonia. I know you're out there listening because I see the downloads from Estonia. We get some wild ones, though. Is that Estonia cat? <laughs> yes. I'm guessing. <laughs> Who's been in the studio because he was in town and he, he talked to me about something for his career. <clears throat> He's an educator in Estonia in the communications industry. So it's it's fun to look at all the downloads. The second... What was the second one? It was bizarre. The second leading download behind the U.S. wasn't Canada or England. It was something just... Like Philippines? Nah. Oh, it's Germany. Oh. So I think we've got some soldiers probably listening. Some K-State fans. Thank you for your service. That'd be my guess. I don't know. This segment's sponsored by the High Low. And if you don't know this about the High Low, you need to know this. It is now the miracle on Morrow for the rest of the Christmas season. And I went in with some friends last week before that Iowa State game. It is absolutely incredible what they've done in there. It's like Santa and all the reindeers threw up Christmas stuff all over the walls. Rain, reindeers? It's Rain, reindeer. Come on, man. Did I say reindeers? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going with it. Reindeers. <laughs> We're just changing grammar here. All right. I ain't doing that. I mean, it is Christmas... You couldn't more Christmas this place, and they have a Christmas bar menu. I was dressed as an elf. Do they have anything that, that peppermint? I'm sure they do. I don't. I didn't really look at. I wasn't drinking, so I didn't really look at it. Why do you go to bars anymore? Well, I, I eat some pizza. Hmm. I see. I'm gonna have to go there then. Becky how got about, a drink. She got about. the Run Run Rudolph or something, but it had gin in it. If we'd have done this earlier in the day, we could have found an excuse to go eat Hilo. We always have an excuse to eat Hilo. All right, tomorrow. Well, you can go pay your rent, and then we can go for dinner. I don't know if I can get back across town in time. Oh, for God's sakes. Oh, no, he's going to miss dinner. <laughs> also, if I go home, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I live too far away. Wow, whole 10 minutes from Aggie. I forgot. I stayed at the office till 5.30 last night, game at 7, because I'm not going to drive back to the west side of town, stay right, there, then go sure. to the game. Realized I left my credential in my apartment. Oh, that sucks. Yep. I've done it the other way around. I'll be at home on a football game day, and I'll get, go to the car and go, my credential's at the office. Because, <sighs> like, I wore it back here and then yeah. just took it off and placed it on my desk without putting it in the proper slot in the backpack. At least I'm not Michael Goins, who... Lost his. Did he really? Yeah. He lost it, so he had to call Tom. He'd bring me a new one. Tom says, yeah, meet me at this door or whatever. And so he goes in, and they asked him, he said, are you media? And he said, yeah, but I uh, lost my credentials, so Tom Gilbert's bringing me one. They said, well, go ahead and back check you. So he back checks him. Just let him go on in. No credential, no ticket. Nice. And Tom was not pleased. <laughs> nice. Well, you know, in the big picture... Didn't really matter. Let's get some people in here. Hmm, yeah. Yeesh. We're also they claimed, sponsored. They claimed 7,000 people last night. Right. Right. Sponsored by The Fridge. Get to The Fridge. If you need drinks for your holiday party, they probably have some really cool ideas for you. And I mean that seriously. They probably can give you some fantastic ideas for fun holiday drinks. And they'll have all the ingredients. Even if you need milk, they now have it. 
because Kansas finally changed their laws to join the 20th century, and it's the 21st century. The fridge at the corner of this and that, somewhere in this town. Yes, in which we live. In which we live. You know, because I don't really need to give out the address. It's called the fridge. Type it in your phone. Your phone will say, take a left turn at this street. No, it'll say, go to your kitchen, idiot. <laughs> hey, stupid. <laughs> you don't need GPS. We've got lots of great questions from Wild Station, but you people failed us. Failed us. They failed. Yeah. How did nobody ask about Coach of the Year? I think they all just assume. The thing that we're all assuming. I'd vote for him, too. How do you not vote for Matt Rule for Coach of the Year? I mean, they're 11-1, and one, and they barely lost the one. Have they been perfect? No, but they won. Duh. I mean, they find ways to win. I'm, a, I'm just blown away. But he's in season three. Baylor was also picked sixth this year, which still is not top half, but it's not, That's hey, we think you're going to suck. You are mid-table. They thought they would be in the four-way tie for third. Which Here's the boat that I'm in. Third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. I think Matt Rule will get it. I don't have a problem with Matt Rule getting it. I think to go 11-1 and one, with your only loss being to the team you're playing in the conference championship game who could potentially be playing in the college football playoff, I think that's a pretty damn good season no matter what your expectation is. Right. But if Chris Kleiman wins Big 12 Coach of the Year, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, Matt Rule did more. He should have probably gotten it. I'm, what I'm saying is I'm okay with either of those two getting it because Chris Kleiman won eight games in his first year at this level. With entering a situation with no running backs. Did you say situation? Situation. He did, did he? I don't know. I probably had to cough. Okay. He had no scholarship running backs, so he had to go hit hit the grad transfer. He had one of his wide receivers break a bunch of rules and then transfer to an SEC school. He had another one decide it was okay to hit a woman. So he lost two of his top receivers that were supposed to be his go-to options. By the way, it's not. Just to be clear. Yeah, just for clarity, you don't hit women. Um, Not let them beat them. Didn't think that would need to be relayed, but apparently it should have been relayed to somebody. No, to him. Someone should have relayed that to him. Justin Hughes blew out his knee, which, honestly, I'm very guilty of forgetting a lot because it was so long ago, and we just kind of came to terms with the fact that he wouldn't be on the field. They get him back. Can you imagine if he'd have played on this defense? And the linebackers ended up being pretty good. That's why I and, don't, he beat, and he beat the top team in the conference. That's why I don't list Daquan Patton on players that will be hard to replace because they already have a guy to replace him. So you can, I will say that Matt Rule won more. Matt Rule accomplished more this year. But Chris Kleiman did a better coaching job, in my opinion. Here's, here's the bottom line. When Chris Kleiman's in year three and he has Kansas State at 11-1 and one and playing for the Big 12 championship and on the cusp of the college football playoff with a win, I would be furious if he wasn't voted coach of the year. Yes. So that's that's how I say rule over Kleiman, and Kleiman did a great job. But that's that's the way it is. If Kleiman has to lose it to somebody, at least it's Matt Rule and not like uh, to somebody that we hate. <laughs> I don't know. Like like Texas goes nine and three this year, and, and Tom, Tom Herman, Herman gets, gets it. it exactly. 
sometimes, and Riley and Zach understand this very well, you're just not the sexiest dude in the room. Sometimes you're just second best, and you gotta gotta go along with that. Oh, I missed. I tried to throw my trash away. And that's all for the power cap. <laughs> okay, here's your questions from Wild Bass Station, and here's Zach. From King Jim 77, does this season help to stop the flow of top in-state recruits leaving for Nebraska, Iowa State, Minnesota, etc.? I think it'll take a little bit, but yeah. It might help, but it's also not like a lot of those programs were, I mean, Minnesota's doing what Minnesota did. Iowa State could win an eight-game season here. I mean, Nebraska's going to be good someday. Not everybody's a train wreck that you're recruiting against. No, and you just never know. I mean, kids are growing up, and... You know, they're growing up during Snyder 2.0. Not like it was lean years by far, but maybe just grow up seeing other things than what we would think of. At the end of the day, it helps you. Because I get, you know, I don't know this for certainty, but I guarantee you there was probably some recruits out there that they went to recruit last year and people said, well, I just don't. You just ha- you haven't coached at this level. Like, how do I know you can, you know, how do I know that he can do this? Things like that. Now he can prove it. Now he has the proof. So it'll help you. But it's not like every time you go up against Iowa State, Minnesota, Nebraska, you're going to win just because you had a good year. You know, sometimes success can be your own worst enemy. And and this is what I mean. When Bill Snyder started recruiting junior college players, it was unseemly. It was awful. You, you know, those guys are there for a reason. They're flawed. You can't do that. They'll never fit in. You'll never win with them. That was the line. You can never win by consistently recruiting JUCO players. And then he did. And everyone said, okay, let's go take a kid here and there. And now the SEC loads up on them and the Big Ten grabs them. And basically every program will take a JUCO player if it's the right guy. And so that whole recruiting base got watered down. You just can't wander into the JUCO ranks. And find Michael Bishop, Jeff Kelly, you know, Darnell McDonald, Brian Hanley. That class was absolutely incredible. You just can't do it anymore. And he also proved you can win with a bunch of Kansas kids. So now kids that maybe K-State would have gotten out of default. Other schools are coming into Kansas in greater numbers than they ever have been. If you're Minnesota, you look at Kansas as a state where you can go in and get kids that aren't afraid of the cold. They're not. And so you go get them, not understanding that Minnesota is actually at the North Pole. I don't know if you knew that. Minnesota Uh, is at the North Pole. Watching that game on Saturday, I would probably choose to believe that Minnesota is actually located in the North Pole. Yeah, But, you know, so it started with Oklahoma State, and then Oklahoma crept in, and then you always saw if the player was really special – a Clemson or Florida State or Miami would wander in. But now everyone kind of dabbles in Kansas. Iowa State's in here a lot. Nebraska comes down. Iowa's been in. Minnesota's just really done a good job with it. Missouri will cross the state line, even though they're Southerners. So it's just you prove that you can do it with these ingredients. People want those ingredients. What the hell ever happened to Xavier Kelly, that kid that went to Clemson? He's, He's still at Clemson. I looked yeah. this up still last there. week. Yeah. He's a junior. What? He redshirted. Yep. Damn. He has four tackles this year. He's a talented artist. I did not know that. Yeah. If you look at his player bio on Clemson's website, it has a bunch of his artwork. He's done exactly what we all anticipated he would do at Clemson. Not play a whole lot, but they're winning, so why transfer? 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It, it, it depends on what the kid wants. If the kid wants to play a lot of college football, he probably should have gone elsewhere. Now, he didn't go to Clemson thinking, I'm going to be a backup. He was thinking he was going to start, but we knew. The thing about it is it, Arthur Brown's a perfect example. You go to a school like that, and you're from Kansas, and there's a like player from Florida, South Carolina, the region, they're probably going to play. Those things are important down there. I just think it's a mistake to, to up and and leave, but he didn't want to play at K-State. It if is he, what it is. If he comes and says, hey, I want a grad transfer back to Manhattan, I, I don't think anyone's going to turn him down. No, sir. From TN Cat, assuming Oklahoma beats Baylor, how do you see who goes to what bowl in the Big 12? Here we go. Oh, this is it? Is it? I got to be ready? Insert dramatic. If Oklahoma beats Baylor. Correct. That was the setup here. I don't like that setup because I think Baylor's going to win. Okay, well, we're rolling with this setup. Oh, boy. Oklahoma is the favorite. We will roll with the favorite covering. Like how I threw that caveat in there. Yeah. Well, the, the question, no matter who wins, is how many of them get into. It doesn't really matter who wins or who loses. How many do both of them get into the New Year's Day six, or does only one get in? That's really the question that sets everything in motion. Because Utah's still there. OU's not guaranteed a playoff spot if they win. No. No, Utah's neither, still there. Neither team is. If Utah wins impressively over, over Oregon, they might, they're ahead of them in the poll. They might just stay up there and move up. But Fitz is right. The New Year's six is what dictates it. Right. Because. The loser of that game, if they fall out of the New Year's Six, is going to the Alamo Bowl. Right. And that's going to throw a wrench in everything. Right. Either the the loser is available for the Alamo or uh, it's not. And then if it's not, then it gets interesting for Kansas State. So really, there's two different scenarios there. And let's just handle the – let's just do this scenario. Two teams get in. Okay. Kansas State has a real shot at the Alamo. I think Kansas State has a shot at the Alamo. I think Texas has a shot. And I think Oklahoma State has a shot. I don't think Iowa State's in, despite them saying we're considering Iowa State. They're, I think they're just saying that for good PR. Right. Because they went last year. And they're so, and they're all 5-4 and four in the conference. I mean, yeah, it's tough to say Texas has a shot, but Iowa State doesn't. You know, the publicly. records are right, exactly right. the same. Yeah. So... It just the problem is you can't. As I set up at the very start of the podcast, you you just don't know because the Bulls don't know. I really believe that maybe the Bulls have decided, but I don't think they have. I think they will meet this weekend and say, "Okay, what are we going to do here and here?" You know, and it all sets in motion. The Alamo want, might want Texas to play USC. That's a sexy game. Texas is not going below. The Alamo slash Camping World. Those are the top two non-New Year's Six games for this conference. They're going to one or the other. Right now, it looks like USC and Notre Dame are going to be the opponents in those games. Both of them are awesome. It's hard to pass up for television purposes. Texas just is. Now, here's the thing. I've been talking about this for a while. You know, in the old days before Bulls got ridiculous, Attendance really mattered. Ticket sales and the economic impact really mattered. But now it doesn't matter as much. They kind of leverage all of those things out of local boosters. Oh, you want to be a you want to be a business alliance with us? Okay, you got to buy 500 tickets. 
So they get the money that way. And a lot of the Bulls, if you talk about Phoenix or Orlando or even Houston, they're not that worried about economic impact. Those towns have so many other things that drive their economy. A bowl game isn't a big player. San Antonio, that's a little bit different. That river walk is kind of connected to the Alamo Bowl itself. And the Alamo's right there, too. The economic impact is a factor, maybe for that committee, more than some of the other committees looking. I think Memphis probably thinks about economic impact because it's really intertwined with the city. So I think Kansas State becomes a player with the Alamo Bowl more than what some people might think. Your wild card is Oklahoma State. Right. Because Oklahoma State beat K-State. That will be accounted for. However, as of right now, K-State might look like the better option to some bulls out there. Because here's here's where the downfall is going to be is, you know, if if Texas gets taken by the Alamo, then the Camping World Bowl gets a shot at Oklahoma State or Kansas State. And if they take Oklahoma State, then you're going to fall to the Texas Bowl. I don't think K-State's falling below the Texas Bowl in any scenario. I don't. I just don't see it happening. I think Memphis is out, and I think Phoenix is out, unless Baylor or Oklahoma doesn't get into year six. Yeah, that's... That's that's the one scenario. Yeah. If, so, if they're both in, I think Kansas State will be in one of those two bowls, Alamo, Camping World. I'll, I just I will be shocked if Oklahoma State gets a higher bowl bid than K-State. And now you get to explain why. I just, number one, they've lost their quarterback, Spencer Sanders. Tylen Wallace, obviously still out, blew out his ACL. So that's two of their top. Three marquee players. Tylen Wallace being the big name there. Yes, you've got Chuba Hubbard, but he's probably not going to get to go to New York for the Heisman because the Heisman is a stupid process, and a player like Chuba Hubbard can never win unless Oklahoma State wins the national championship. Um, so then you and then you look at it. Well, Oklahoma State kind of got ran in Bedlam. They they just didn't make a lot of noise. Oklahoma State was just good. They didn't really do anything. World beating. Meanwhile, K State knocked off Oklahoma. And you know how many times you can show that highlight on TV? A lot. Big game possibility. Maybe it's my my view of it getting in the way. I'm not giving Oklahoma State enough credit, but I just don't I don't see a scenario where Oklahoma State gets picked before K State. I think Oklahoma State's going to Memphis. And I think Iowa State's going to Phoenix. Or Oklahoma State's going to the Texas Bowl if Oh yes, yeah, yeah or that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because there won't be a Big 12 team for the Cheez-It Bowl in Phoenix if two get into the playoff. The bottom team will go to the Liberty. You know what's funny? Even if TCU would have gotten bowl eligible, they, the Big 12 still might not have been represented in the, Phoenix, in the Cheez-It Bowl because TCU went last year. They might have, might have skipped them. Might have skipped them? I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. Now I'm talking about other hypotheticals that hypotheticals probably people don't that care don't, about. Yeah. So really... Watch the selections for the New Year's Six, and if you're unclear what that is, there's six bowls that are connected to the playoff. Two of them are semifinals every year, and the other four get top teams. So there's six games. There's 12 slots. So basically the top 12 most desirable teams go there, and I think both Big 12 teams will fall into that. And the Cotton Bowl is one possibility. If you're the Cotton Bowl, getting Baylor is pretty sweet. Would not suck. So it's going to be interesting, and if that happens, all hell might break loose. And, ooh, I wheezed. 
That was weird. And uh, K-State might end up in the Alamo Bowl. It'd be kind of fun. New Bowl. I just want it to be the Alamo or the Camping World. Yeah, I want different. one of those two. I'm just upset the Big 12 didn't shuffle their bowls. I'm going to say it every podcast. Why not? Everyone else did it, and you just stand pat. It just makes me mad. I want the Music City Bowl. I want the Outback Bowl. Las Vegas Bowl. Music City Bowl. Outback Bowl. I don't know. I really don't care. I just want new ones. If you're going to be a... Have a bottom bowl like the Cheez-It Bowl. I'd rather go to New Orleans than Phoenix. The, yes. What's that That bad bowl they have that Sugar also runs? Uh, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Is that what is it that is? still a thing? I think, I it's, think it's still a thing. I, I don't know if it's, it's RNL some, Carriers. I can't ever keep track. They change bowl names every year. RIP Belk Bowl. What is Belk Bowl now? Well, it's it's still Belk Bowl this year. It's going away next year. Just going to change Change names. Yes. Yeah. The bowl yeah. game exists. Right. Yeah. yeah. The Charlotte Bowl game will exist. Not this will not be called the Belk Bowl. That's just disappointing. From Infected Testicle, out of the likely teams that K-State could play in a bowl game, which team would you be most excited to play? From an entertainment standpoint, Notre Dame would be really cool just because it's Notre Dame. But I don't know if K-State beats Notre Dame. I think K-State could beat USC in a bowl game. Can you imagine a recruiting pitch for Chris Kleiman if he wins nine games in his first season and beats USC in a bowl game? Or Notre Dame. Well, yeah, I, but I just said I don't know if they can beat I don't them. think you're right. I think Maybe they can. I don't know. I don't know. Notre I think Dame USC's enough. speed is more of an issue than Notre Dame. Fair. I can't claim to be an expert on Either one. USC. I, Dame. I think Notre Dame is the juicier target just because USC's kind of been down. Personally, I, I want USC because personal stuff. I mean, I've just yeah. got a lot of friends that are connected to USC. So, I don't want Texas A&M. I've seen like three bowl projections. Oh. The, the Texas F- Bowl, that. how can anybody look at the Texas Bowl versus Texas A&M and make it happen? That happened three years ago. Uh, yeah, and it just if you're A&M, how is that a thing? You're going to drive about 30 minutes over here and play a bowl game. Or 60 minutes, whatever it is. I'm pretty sure K-State fans outnumbered A&M fans at that one, too. Yeah, because it sucks. It just... I just... The only thing I want is just somebody new, and I want a Power 5 conference. I don't want them to play Air Force or something like that. You know, those are some projections out there. I don't want to play... Well, I guess Kentucky wouldn't be... Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee would be cool. I wouldn't hate it. But they're probably going to go to the Outback Bowl. Are they? Yeah, looking at the math as far as SEC goes, there's going to be a lot not, of filler teams. This there's year. not very there's there's not very good SEC mid level teams. It mm-hmm. goes you have New Year's six and then you have seven and five. Yeah, there's and there's a lot of conferences that aren't filling their bowl spots. You know, the Cheez-It Bowl might have two non Power Five teams this year. <laughs> they really might. They deserve it. They deserve <laughs> it. That should. I'm telling you, that should not be a Power Five game. That should be. The Mountain West Super Bowl against Conference USA or someone. I just, uh, I just feel like we might be in for something total. You know, we're all set here to say if it's the Alamo, it's USC. If it's the Camper World, it's Notre Dame. And then we just get hit blindsided. You know, someone the Utah. Big Twelve executes us. Executes Utah a train. gets their ass kicked in the Pac-12 championship and falls. And I mean, you just never know. You just, you just never know. <laughs> 
It's going to be fun. That all, by the way, that all happens Sunday. The selections for the big games are in the morning, and then everything else just kind of falls in place because every conference has a pecking order, and they all have to peck. So stay tuned to GoPowerCat.com. Good push right there. I liked it. From Flying Wedgie, it seems that under Bill Snyder, a lot of the bowl teams came out flat in the first half of the game. Do you think things will be different this year, or is coming out flat just a condition of not playing for a month? Well, look, finally, now that he's retired, people will talk about it. And if you listen to the Tannehill and Spiller podcast, they had Mario Smith on this week, and he talked about it. They all talked about it. Coach would work them into the ground. We all knew it, but nobody would say it. He looked at it as an extension of the next season, and while he wanted to win the bowl, the real purpose of those 15 practices was to get the team better, and he worked them into the dirt. So if it looked like they didn't have fresh legs, it was because they didn't have fresh legs. They just didn't. They had been worked extremely hard. And we don't know how Chris Kleiman's going to approach it, but I'm going to guess it's not that way. I'm just going to guess that, that he's going to try to have his team ready for the bowl game and accomplish some things. He's going to try to find a meeting in there. And it's hard to criticize anything Coach did because then typically they were good the next season too. So maybe that played a big role in it. But it, it is right. If you're a freshman or a guy who redshirted or just someone who – might have played, but is aspiring to get up into a starting position that's going to be open. These are great practices to prove yourself and to get better. I mean, 15 more practices. That's a whole nother spring football. Think about it. Think of the advantage of going to the bowl versus not going to the bowl. You get a second spring football. That's why I've said for a long time, if you don't go to a bowl, you should get five extra practices in the spring. This should just be a trade-off. You can have five more here. You don't get the full 15, but Here's five. You can connect to your spring. I would do that if I was the NCAA. I don't know. Nobody wants me in charge of anything, though. But, no, it, yeah, they, they were never fresh. They were worn out mentally and physically. And, you know, sometimes they'd play well, but most of the time they were pretty dead in the water. From Contra Cat, in an alternate timeline where Bill Snyder stays, how many wins do we have this year? Yes. Not eight. No, not eight. I've had someone tell me it had been nine or ten. I'm like, come on, man. I mean, there's nothing to indicate that would happen. Look, they won five last year, and they were going to lose more players than what were lost. You look at a lot of the guys that impacted this team this year, and they probably weren't going to be around. This isn't one of those, well, if Frank Martin had stayed, everyone was transferring. I can tell you what. There were some players transferring, and Skyler said it. He probably wasn't going to stick around. And Alex made his decision before the coach. I mean, that was done. Who would be quarterback? Uh, John Holcomb? <laughs> would they have taken a grad transfer? For all you John Holcomb fans, you don't want to see what would happen if he was playing every game. K-State quarterback Kelly Bryant. You just don't know. Mm -hmm. But I know this. He probably wouldn't have got the grad transfers at running back. People weren't lining up to go play for coach anymore. It just It's the reality. It's just kind of the evolution of the game. Uh, it, it's hard to – because it, it sounds like you're being critical of him, but we're just trying to communicate what we perceived as the reality that was going to be happening the next year. They were going to lose tap talent. They were going to have attrition on the roster and a roster that was already depleted and Chris Kleiman had to plug in a lot of spots with freshmen or the grad transfers. Still was miraculous what he did. Maybe they win five. 
Yeah, I mean, look, you can't, you cannot ignore the fact that that they had a receiver in Isaiah Zuber, you know, that led the team. They had a second round draft pick in Dalton Reisner. They had Alex Barnes. I mean, they had all of this talent. They won five games. They lose all that talent. Then they win eight games. And let's be clear, Zuber wouldn't be here no matter who was coaching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you're, his you're, situation was he wasn't going to be playing. You're, so you're losing all of that. Clearly there was something different that Chris Kleiman did. I'm not saying it's better. I'm not saying it's worse than Bill Snyder. Maybe but it I'm, was just it wasn't Bill Snyder and it worked with this group of kids. It just clicked. And so it clicked better. I don't I don't see a world in where this team's playing for a bowl game this year if coach had stayed. I just the tough reality about it. But I mean I think it worked out for the best for everybody. It wasn't as ugly as it could have gotten, <laughs> you know, and, and uh everybody's happy now, but um yeah, as as tough as it would be to say, I I just don't see how this team wins eight games with with the same staff from last year. From WTDD two thousand one, when you look at this year's overall success, should we expect a letdown next next season? I was talking about this on the radio segment this morning, and uh, it's winning eight games was amazing for Chris Kleiman, and it also probably put him in a very tough position moving forward. Because anything less than eight games next year, and people are going to say, oh, no, he's regressing. He's not that good of a coach. He won with Snyder's players. You know, all the things that that when ha- what happened with Bruce Weber and everything like that at the, at the start of his tenure. I would strongly encourage fans to pump the brakes, to give it some time, to enter next season with roughly the same expectations as you had this year. Six, seven wins. Maybe eight if you play real well. There's, I they're not going to be a Big Twelve favorite just because they won eight games this year. Uh, losing your entire offensive line for a run based system is hard to convince people of that. Losing three starting defensive linemen is very hard to replace. Mm-hmm. I just there's a lot of there's a lot of departures from this team, and no matter how much this team ex- exceeded expectations, no matter how much talent is young on the roster, you cannot just guarantee that it's going to be better and improve. Do I think they could find a way to win 10 games and finish third in the Big 12? Sure. Would I be shocked if they went 7-5 and five next year? No. There, it's going to take some time before you can get a consistent vibe on, exactly. on where this program's going. Exactly. We got some basketball questions to end the podcast Oops. with Oops. from Oops. from Adam K sixty three. Has McCall Maywean regressed this year? Yes. I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. But has he regressed so much from what he has been? No, no. But that's that's the problem. You can make an argument. All three of the main guys have regressed a little bit. I mean, based on their early games, now Monday night was a little bit different. But I think Max gone backwards. Maybe it's just he's ninety five percent of what he was. Doesn't have Dean Wade. But you needed him to be one hundred and ten percent of what he was. You need guys to step up when their roles get bigger, not regress. That's the problem. It's not young. It's not new pieces. It's the pieces that are known haven't elevated their game into bigger, more reliable roles, at least as of now. And Mac's not a guy that can be expected. You know, we all said Barry Brown and Kamal are gone. Guys like Cartier going to have to step up. 
Xavier, going to have to step up. Nobody looked at Mac and said, he's got to be Dean Wade. Why? Because we knew he wasn't going to be Dean Wade. But you hoped he'd be a better offensive option. Right. You've seen glimpses of his ability, but I guess they were those are just few and far in between now. I mean, And just, that's what's so frustrating about him. He'd go out there and drop 29 or whatever he did against KU in the, in the Big 12 tournament. Six rebounds, look like an animal. And then the next day he looks like he's never seen a basketball in his life. I just... The best true post that they've recruited at Kansas State in seven, eight years was the first. DJ Johnson, that was a leftover that nobody was recruiting really late in the second signing period. And they got him, developed him, and he was really good. Every other post, Mac has been serviceable, is just not very good. It's just, it's frustrating. From Dean Wade aside. He's not a post. Right. When, and when, if he had I, to everybody play, always throws that out there. If he had to play five, he would have gotten exposed because when they had to slide him down there, he just couldn't defend the post like he needed him to. From Wizards 6294, do you think Mike McGurl is still underperforming? No, oh, I think he's overperforming all of a sudden. Now, I mean, the last two games, he's been he's been strong. Yeah. And I mean, that. But I, I want to say this. He's been what you want coming off the bench. That's the energy, the shooting. I don't think he can consistently shoot the three the way he has. I just don't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he did fix his shot. Maybe we're going to see him hit at a 40% clip. But. I would love him off the bench and someone else starting the point so Cardi doesn't have all that responsibility from the start of the game. Relax, get into the game. We got criticized for being too critical of Mike a couple podcasts ago, one podcast, one podcast ago, whatever. Like it or not, this is Mike, okay? Zero points against Pine Bluff, six points against Pitt. Then he goes off against Bradley in, in Florida A&M. But don't tell me that this is a sign of – obvious improvement of of oh he's taking the next step because he does this all the time you know he scored 18 points against West Virginia in a big game last year then he just disappeared and he didn't have a good game until Texas Tech again he's a streak shooter he's he's a good player when he's on and when he's off you can't get him off the floor fast enough and and I again, like you said, I like him off the bench. He's perfect off the bench, he's but he's not guy. a starting player. He's a bulldog. He'll come after you. He defends you, and he, he might get beat, but he'll he fights. You want him on your roster. He's just not the kind of player that should be starting at a Big Twelve school. He should be a piece on your roster, an important piece. But I don't think he's a starter at this level. If you're starting Mike McGurl and maybe Levi Stocker. You're not a very good team. You're just not. And I think Coach put Levi in there for one exhibition game and said, oh, this isn't going to work. That's not working at all. Let's go to a freshman. Play those freshmen. I mean, hopefully Murphy comes back and they'll have, have the trio together. I have a bad feeling that's a worse injury than they're worse leading they're on. Saying, I know. Last question on the podcast from Adam K sixty three. Does it seem like none of the upperclassmen want to take a leadership role? I don't think they have a vocal leader on this team. I don't think that's worded right. That they don't want to. I just don't think they're the right people to do it. Yeah, I think Cardi has the most, but I think he's just a little overwhelmed by stuff. Well, yeah. The, last night in the post game, Bruce said 
He was like, Cardi was complaining the other day that players are starting to guard him harder. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen, dude? Like, <laughs> you didn't think they would know about you? Bruce was like, I told him you're number one on the scouting report now. What did you think was going to happen? So they don't have that, that killer guy out there. They don't have the guy that says, give me the ball. I'm going to go make it happen. Well, maybe they have them, but they <laughs> not that are going to do it effectively. The only people I've seen that kind of have that, that are give me the ball, I want to make a play, they're three freshmen. They all have that about their game. Maybe they're not capable of doing it yet, but they're not going to refuse the ball. They're not going to shy away from anything. I've been saying I didn't think K-State would be very good this year, that they at best would be a bubble team. But I'm as as bullish on the future of K-State basketball as I've been in a long time because those three freshmen are really good and the next four are very promising. Got to see them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm very happy about the future. I'm just warning you, this year's going to suck. They might get better, but they're still not going to be as good as some of you thought they'd be. This is this leads me into my my plea to Bruce Weber. I know you're listening, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Scrap your starting lineup. Get Mon, you know, whatever. But do what you got to do. When Montavious Murphy gets healthy, this is the lineup I want to see on the floor. Cartier at the point. Dejuan at the two. X at the three. I want to see Antonio at the four, and I want to see Murphy at the five. Or vice versa. Hey, I don't care who plays the four and the five. I know it sounds bad to say, McCall, you don't get to start. I know it sounds bad to want to play three freshmen that are going to make some boneheaded mistakes and you want to scream and shout at Bruce. Are they going to make more boneheaded mistakes than the guys that are playing? What about this team and the starting lineups that have been out there are, are showing you right now this team is headed for the NCAA tournament? There is not. And if you believe that right now, you're being very optimistic, and I guess I applaud you for that. Take your lumps now. They're going to come no matter who's starting. So take them out there with the freshmen. Because then you've got these three experienced for next year. And they can help these freshmen, the incoming freshmen next year, learn quicker. And that future that we talk about is going to be really good. It's going to be here quicker. But if you keep playing these freshmen, well, I don't even have the stats in front of me, 12 minutes a game or whatever they're getting, 16 minutes a game, it's going to take longer to get them into that groove. Just let them, throw them out there. Let Antonio Gordon get bullied by Yudoka Azabuki. I know it's going to be ugly, but baptism by hellfire, man. Levi Stockard's going to get bullied too, so what does it matter? And then coming off the bench, you got guys like McGurl and Malween. I love it. And I really all, think you all could, of a sudden you feel better coming off the bench too. I really think you could set up for a decent year next year if you get these guys some experience. But you've got to make it. You've got to make that change, in my opinion. I think that would really benefit K State. I agree, and I agree that Bruce Weber is listening to this podcast. Coach, remember to go to the fridge wholesale liquor when you're grabbing something after the team's lost a game. Stop by the fridge. Taco Bell might still be open. Coach Snyder would be really proud of you too. That's it for this week's questions podcast. We will have an overtime in your near future. It'll be Friday. That's the near future. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Power Cat Questions podcast presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. You ready for this? Yeah. 
If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If. Ready PG.